Welcome to None Dare Call It Ordinary, the podcast that digs into the unusual, unorthodox, and downright unsettling beliefs found at the depths of the internet and the heights of paranoia. I'm your host, Dylan, and with me is the kinetic and kaleidoscopic Brent. <laughs> That's true. I am kaleidoscopic. And kinetic. You can't forget that, that one. Yeah, you're, you're right. moving around That's everywhere. <laughs> we all know it. We've all seen it. That's right. And it's, um, I'm looking at the holidays for today. We're recording on November 4th. Well, I think the real holiday that we should be talking about is on Tuesday, and yep. that's election day. Yeah. Brent, you already voted. Vote. You've got early voting there vote. in uh, Nevada. I voted so hard, I broke the machine. Wow. Um, so that's not good, but don't do that when you're voting. Yeah. But yeah, I voted it, early voting in Nevada, which is great. Break it after it records your vote and gets sent to the authorities. <laughs> I think that's the key. That's right. Yep. I do not have, I had the opportunity if I was going to be deceptive to early vote, because we don't have early voting here in Michigan. We do have absentee hmm. voting, ah. which um, I went with my fiance to do because she's actually going to be out of town. Right. And I suppose I could have said, oh, I'll be out of town too and voted then and there, but I just know that Something. some right wing Jacob Wall type was going to be <laughs> hiding with a camera and I would be, you know, patient zero for the voter fraud epidemic yeah. enveloping this country. That's and right. I just didn't want to be part of it. I'll just go on Tuesday <laughs> like every other good, hardworking American. That's right. You get two hours. So, off. everyone out there listening to this, uh, this will be out before Election Day because I work from home now. I don't kill bugs anymore. Ooh. I don't know. So. I can actually put out episodes in a timely manner. Unless there's, quite bug, amazing. If there's bugs like coming in your house, you'll kill them, I'm sure. But mm, I know. Not if I'm not paid to. That's true. Yeah, it's not like you got to keep all the spray and stuff. Yeah, no, I yeah, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> At least that's what they think. <laughs> Ooh. But no, uh, I'm not being paid, so all the bugs are allowed to live <laughs> in my home. Unless I'm paid Jesus. top dollar to get rid of them. So yeah, so Tuesday, election day. November 6th. Go vote. Go vote. Please. And vote as hard as you can without breaking the machine mm. before it registers your <laughs> choice. Um, we also have an announcement to make. We're going to try. Uh, we're in the process of putting our episodes out on YouTube. We have a YouTube page associated with. It's just none dare call it ordinary. I think it's associated with our our Gmail mm -hmm. email. None dare call it ordinary at gmail.com. But I think if you just search none dare call it ordinary on youtube you'll pull up our page we don't have anything yet because i'm still in the process of figuring all that out but we are going to have uh, because we've been working so hard on the russia investigation we figured hey let's have a live stream during the election yeah. or more towards the end so it'll be uh 7 p.m pacific time 10 p.m eastern standard time is when we'll start yes and we'll be there. We'll looking at the election returns, see how depressed we should be. <laughs> God, I hope um, or how elated we should yeah. be. We'll figure it out with you. You know, so if there's if you're like me and you like the election party, but you don't want to leave your home. Yes. In case of any kind of frustration or if you just I'm going to vote 7 a.m. and just watch CNN for, for 15 <laughs> hours. So I figured I would bring what I've learned to the people. That's good. Might as well. I'm bringing it into my brain anyway. So <laughs> might as well. But enough of that. This is our third episode in our Russia investigation series. There will be four. Um, and this episode takes us from the appointment of Robert Mueller as special counsel for the investigation, May 17th, 2017, and ends on December 1st, 2017, when Michael Flynn, uh, it's when he enters a guilty plea yes. uh, for his role in the whole fiasco. 
an early birthday present to me since my birthday's on the fifth. So that was good. Oh, that's a good birthday yeah, present for nice. you. Thanks, thanks, Michael. That must have been nice. Ah, uh, the Flynnmeister. <laughs> you know, he's he's making us happy, um, and that's all we can really ask for, can't we? <laughs> on May eighteenth. President Trump tweets that the investigation into collusion between his campaign and Russians, quote, is the single greatest witch hunt of a politician in American history. I'm not quite (laughs) sure if that's right. Those Salem witch trials were pretty intense. And I'm pretty sure I imagine some politicians were wrapped up in that whole (laughs) witch hunt. thing. That's right. I think if you don't get set on fire at the end of it, it's not the single greatest witch hunt. I think that's you're right. My... Exactly. I don't think you can go walk away from this without being on a stake and on fire and say this is the yeah. Great. yeah. He's on. still tweeting, so yeah. it's not yet reached that <laughs> level. Maybe it'll happen. Right. I don't know. You don't know yet. Yeah. Um, I'm not a witch. I can't see the future. Right. <laughs> um, just I want every. I want that to be very clear for our <laughs> listeners. You're not a witch. Got it. Yeah, don't go calling your local <laughs> Witchfinder General to try to get me in trouble. It's not going to work. So, at a press conference standing next to the president of Colombia, as one does, Trump publicly denies he asked Comey to close down the FBI's investigation of Michael Flynn. Yeah, the yeah. president of Colombia must feel real good that, that that's what he's <laughs> focusing on in that in that joint right? press conference. All right. So, May twenty third, Trump retains advisor. Mark Kazowitz as his private attorney for the Russian probe. Oh, we all remember Mark, right? Spelled with a C. Wait, Mark what? with a C. What did Mark do? What did Mark Kazowitz do? I have no idea. Okay, so honest. that's yeah. we don't remember. I don't him. remember him at all. Yeah, no. Yeah. So this is the Senate investigation, starting with May twenty third. Daniel. Yeah, this Coates. is a lot of yeah. this episode is a lot of the Senate and House investigations. Yeah, exactly. To, so be prepared. Get ready for some <laughs> investigations. You know, Comey's listening, obviously. Um, so, Oh, he loves it. He just loves it. Even if he's not the one opening and closing the investigations, just, oh, yeah, yeah investigations yep. all day long. <laughs> May 23rd, Daniel Coates, director of National Intelligence, appears at a Senate Armed Services Committee hearing and is asked if the Washington Post report on Trump's request to help him push back against the FBI's investigation is correct. So he declines the answer, saying, quote, it's not appropriate for me to comment publicly on any of that. It's definitely not appropriate. Privately, to, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, fine. But publicly, you can't do it. You can't out yourself publicly right. <laughs> for doing untoward <laughs> things. So I think he's right. Yeah. I think that is inappropriate. Yep. And now the House investigation. So May, this is May 23rd again. So John Brennan, former CIA director, testifies before the House Intelligence Committee about the federal investigation into possible collusion between the Trump campaign and Russia. During an exchange between Republican Representative Trey Gowdy, Brennan says he doesn't know if any, quote, such collusion exists, but was concerned about contacts between people involved in the Trump campaign and Russian officials. He said, quote, I encountered and am aware of information and intelligence that reveal contacts and interactions between Russia officials and U.S. persons involved in the Trump campaign that I was concerned about because of known Russian efforts to suborn such individuals. And it raised questions in my mind, again, whether or not the Russians were able to gain the cooperation of those individuals. He says, I don't know whether or not such collusion, and that's your term, such collusion existed. I don't know. But I know that there was a different basis of information and intelligence that required further investigation by the Bureau 
to determine whether or not U.S. persons were actively conspiring, colluding with Russian officials, end quote. I love that. That's your word. That's your word. I didn't say it. I never use the word collusion. Whoa, whoa. I don't use any C words. Collusion, cat, catastrophic. Keep it PG. Keep it PG. Okay. Um, Correlate. (laughs) None of those. That's your word, Gowdy. That's right, Gowdy. Typical Gowdy. So, the Kushner-Kislyak back channel. Ooh, boy. Ooh. So, May 26, 2017, the Washington Post reports that Kushner and Russian Ambassador Kislyak discussed setting up a secure communication channel between the Kremlin and Trump's transition team at a meeting in early December 2016. Back channels, man. Don't do it. Yeah. It's never going to work for you. Exactly. So, a day later, on the 27th of May... H.R. McMaster's National Security Advisor downplays reports of Kushner uh, discussing so-called back-channel communications with Kremlin, with the Kremlin, saying that the U.S. has, quote, back-channel communications with a number of countries. So generally speaking about back-channel communications, what that allows you to do is to communicate in a discreet manner. Oh, so, so, so it's, it's really fine. just we didn't know what it meant. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I, I don't know what I don't know what a back-channel communication is anymore. No. I, I think that's because I've only done front channel communications. Right, I've never seen. Well, you know what actually comes to mind? I don't know if you've seen House of Cards. There's a scene. Which, I have. Yes. There's like some scene where I think we're, uh, you know, Frank Underwood, Kevin Spacey is like behind. He meets like under like the stairs of some place in like the White House. And he's like smoking a cigarette, talking to like the Russian guy, which is clearly supposed to be Putin. Um, I forget his name in the in the show. But yeah, so that's like a back alley, like a back door to another area. <laughs> so I don't know. That's really. So, that's, so if you call someone in a back alley, that's the back alley communication. Yeah, let's meet in the back. Channel. Okay, I could see that. Yeah. Okay. A physical place, I guess. I don't know. So that's why they that's what Scott Pruitt needed. He wanted a back alley installed in the EPA. <laughs> So we could have the secure That's back right. channel communications exactly. he was looking for. Yep. Okay. Now this is all starting to make a lot of sense. <laughs> so we're still in June here. Yep. So now that's May. That's the end of May. So now we're getting into June and we're starting mm-hmm. heavy on June 1st. We got Putin. He denies role in U.S. elections and suggests that, quote, patriotic hackers outside government may be behind the attack. That makes sense. Yeah. Patriotic hackers. Yeah. It's like, right, I mean, it's part of your service to this country. Yeah, I mean, I, there's one thing I know that's the most patriotic thing a computer <laughs> um, knowledgeable person can do is to just completely suborn and um, undermine the election process. Always. I mean, if there's one thing, the only thing less patriotic <laughs> than Hillary Clinton is democracy itself. <laughs> a few days later, on June 5th, an NSA contractor by the name of Reality Winner And that is her name. (laughs) That is reality. Um, She is charged with leaking classified information regarding Russia's hacking activities. Hmm. Sounds more like a reality loser to me, if you know what I mean. (laughs) (sighs) (sighs) Yeah. (laughs) Although reality itself might be a winner. Well, I think it's actually losing right now. But but. But June 5th, though, is is reality day. They're... Reality was more, we learned more about it on June 5th. Thank you, Reality. Which is actually my half birthday. What's a half birthday? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) You don't know. I remember, I remember like I was, you know, we we used to celebrate that slightly as a kid, didn't you? Just be like, hey, this is the half half birthday. It's my six month anniversary of being alive. (laughs) Okay, I got you. Okay. 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 Half birthday is actually the appropriate term for that, but. It is now. It it's is it's now. your it's half your birthday. half birthday, June fifth. Half birthday. Put it on your calendar. It's now a national <laughs> holiday. All right, and it wouldn't be the Russia investigation without 
good old Michael Flynn, uh, Central, former NSA, getting in here. Yeah. On June, the next day after the leak on June 6th, the whole bunch of news on Flynn, CNN reports that Michael Flynn gives more than 600 pages of documents to the Senate Intelligence Committee. Hmm. These documents were subpoenaed on May 10th by the committee. Also on this day, the Washington Post reports that Trump asked Director of National Intelligence Dan Coats in a meeting on March 22nd, quote, if he could intervene with then-FBI Director James B. Comey, to get the Bureau to back off its focus on former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn and its Russia probe. The report was based on, quote, officials who spoke on condition of anonymity to discuss sensitive internal matters. Hmm. Spokesman for the Office of the Director of National Intelligence, Brian Hale, issues a statement that said, Coates, quote, never felt pressured by the president or anyone else in the administration to influence any intelligence matters or ongoing investigations. And you know the anyone else is Ivanka. Right. Exactly. You know, yeah. he didn't feel pressured by you know any of the Trumps. <laughs> Eric Barron. <laughs> Barron's always DT Jr. Yeah. Oh, Barron, you know he's he's the worst. He's got a role to play in all of this. Mm-hmm. His hands aren't clean. All right, and then the very next day, June seventh, we have more Senate investigation news at a Senate Intelligence Committee hearing. Senator Marco Rubio, um, Little Marco, I believe. Yeah, I was going to say is his official was Trump name. Yes. Um, that is all the birth certificates. I believe that was an executive order um, signed today, if I'm not mistaken, is that every U.S. citizen, um, their new legal name is actually a fun Trump name. Yes. So yep. Marco Rubio is now legally little Marco. <laughs> kinetic Brent. I'm screwed. Yeah, you're Kinetic Brent. I'm, I, I don't know what I, I am know. yet. I'll get something yeah. good. Anyway, uh, Senator Little Marco asked Dan Coates, <laughs> National Intelligence Director, if he has ever been asked, quote, by the president or the White House to influence an ongoing investigation. Coates declines to comment, rather saying it would be inappropriate to answer that question at an open hearing. Quote, I am willing to come before the committee and tell you what I know and don't know, Coates says. What I'm not willing to do is share what I think is confidential information that ought to be protected in an open hearing. And so I'm not prepared to answer your question. Also, the director of National Security Agency, Michael S. Rogers, at the same meeting also declines to speak about any conversations he had with the president, adding, quote, in the three plus years that I have been director of the National Security Agency, to the best of my recollection, I have never been directed to do anything I believe to be illegal, immoral, unethical, or inappropriate. Adding, quote, I like beer. He still <laughs> likes beer. My fiance and I last night we went to go see a Hard Day's Night, ah, um, in on the big the screen, Beatles, yeah, which is um, not really a movie; it doesn't have a plot. And uh, John Lennon looks just like Brett Kavanaugh, <laughs> so I hope that ruins everyone's days the way it ruined mine. There, there needs to um, be. Let's start a conspiracy with that one. Um, because oh, you know the whole could. like what's the what's the fall McCarthy or something or the, the guy yeah, that's the like, fake, not, yeah the fake <laughs> Paul like McCartney really died. yeah. So let's start oh, a that's uh, Kavanaugh. So good. <laughs> It started right now. That's going to be our next episode. <laughs> There's a, a more extreme version of the Paul is Dead conspiracy theory where all the Beatles were replaced several times. By, oh, just by other people? Yeah, okay. so there's like 10 or 12 Beatles total. Yeah. Um, and they would like perform at different places on the same night. Right. You know, to just milk that Beatles cow yeah. dry yep. of all so its- So much easier. I didn't know if it was like a weekend of Bernie's thing where they actually did die and then they were like propped up. Oh, and- that would be really good. <laughs> It's funny, it goes all bad because in Brett Kavanaugh's calendar, there was a weekend with a guy named Bernie. So it all goes back around. Full circle. Like he, he had a weekend at, with, at Bernie's. <laughs> that movie is about him. I just, yeah. I mean, the guy could have been blackout drunk or at least, you know, I don't know. Maybe he was dead. It was a dead man, actually, named Bernie. No, he was blackout sober. <laughs> we all know it. That's the way he lives. 
Very organized, though. Keeps it on the calendar, which is good. All the calendars, yeah. which... All right. No more of anyway, that. That's yeah, already happened. Um, so let's see here. So also on June 7th, in advance of his June 8th testimony in front of the Senate Intelligence Committee, James Comey submits his written testimony. In this testimony, Comey states that he had, quote, nine one-on-one conversations with President Trump in four months, three in person and six on the phone. Jeez. And you knew that was part of the typewritten notes. Yeah. You know, he's writing uh, that thing. Um, and he's going to, you know, publish it online as, uh, you know, Comey Trump love fantasy right. fan fiction. Yep. And, you know, he's keeping track. You know, he wants a clear timeline to make it real accurate. <laughs> All right. And before we actually get to more Comey stuff, specifically his testimony before the Senate Intelligence Committee, um, we do have a brief Trump aside, um, another June 7th event. President Trump states that he intends to put Christopher Wray as FBI director. Ray was an assistant U.S. attorney general uh, during the George W. Bush administration, who was in charge of the Justice Department's criminal prosecutions division. Hmm. I like this power move of doing it right before. Yeah. You know, he wants Comey to know who your replacement is before you speak. (laughs) All right. And back to Comey on June 8th. uh, James Comey testifies before the Senate Intelligence Committee. I believe this is the Lordy B. I hope there were tapes committee meeting, if I'm not mistaken. So this was a big deal when this happened. Yep. Lordy B. Lordy B. Oh. <laughs> That's how you know it's a big deal, usually. So uh, Comey, uh, he gives his testimony, and Trump's lawyer disputes Comey's testimony. So here's a quick summary from factcheck.org. As his written testimony details, Comey says the president asked him for his loyalty at a January 27th dinner and asked him to drop the Flynn investigation at a February 14th meeting, which we've already talked about all these events before Love, in yes. earlier episodes. He also says Trump asked that the FBI, quote, lift the cloud over his administration and publicly announced that the president is personally not under investigation on March 30th and April 11th. Comey also discloses that he gave a copy of his memo about his meeting with the president on February 14th to a friend with instructions that he share the contents of the memo with a reporter. He says he did so, quote, because I thought that might prompt the appointment of a special counsel. Hmm. Asked if the president's request to drop the Flynn investigation amounts to obstruction of justice, Comey says, I don't know. That's Bob Mueller's job to sort that out. (laughs) Bob Mueller's like, God damn it, Comey. Yeah, (laughs) one more thing I have to do. I just love this whole Mission Impossible style antics of like writing this memo and then giving it to a guy like, just, hey, you give it to somebody. (laughs) Get it out there. Like, he couldn't just open up a fake, you know, Gmail account. It's easy. I do it all the time and then just send it out, you know. (laughs) I don't know, uh, New York Giants fan 73 <laughs> at gmail.com. Hey, look what I got. <laughs> All right. The next day um, on June 9th, during a joint press conference with Klaus Ioannis, the Romanian president, Trump denies that he told Comey to drop the Flynn investigation, saying, quote, I didn't say that. <laughs> and once again, a press conference with a president of another nation. And really, Trump is really good at co-opting these events and just there's really just one trump press conference and he just has different you know extras involved (laughs) (laughs) coming in trump also says in response to the loyalty pledge quote i hardly know the man i'm not going to say i want you to pledge allegiance trump said he is quote 100 percent willing to testify under oath regarding he and comey's conversation saying no collusion no obstruction he's a leaker no collusion no obstruction he's a leaker meanwhile there's p tapes maybe all right sorry sinner said it (laughs) (laughs) allegedly whoa i'll let yep we this is not a slanderous podcast it is not das agrees das is keeping (laughs) us in check 
We can't be slandering the president here. Little known fact, if you repeat no collusion, no obstruction, he's a leaker three times, Beetlejuice wearing a MAGA hat shows up, calls you a libtard, and then fades away. No, no, no. Nope. Beetlejuice, clearly Jill Stein supporter. That's true. That's a good point. So that's, yeah, that's totally inaccurate. Fake news. Also during this press conference, when a reporter starts to ask Trump a question hinting that he may have tape recordings of he and Comey's conversations, Trump says, I'm not hinting anything. I'll tell you about it over a very short period of time. <laughs> Very short period of time. Very short I'll tell period you about of time. All you want to know in like two seconds. Yeah, just you have two seconds. Just ask away. <laughs> One, two. Up. Oh, sorry, I gave you the I gave you the opportunity, and you just squandered it. <laughs> Typical mainstream media enemy of the people. By the That's way, That's right. Um, yes. After this last, there was a. I don't know if you saw the reports of another shooter, an incel shooter. Yeah. At the yoga studio, killed two. But the mainstream media is the enemy of the people. Right. Um, Okay. Makes sense. So lastly, on June 9th, the House Intelligence Committee sent a letter to White House Counsel McGahn asking if any such tapes exist, and if so, to turn them over to the committee by June 23rd. Hmm. So now around this time is when, you know, Mueller, he's been in job for a little over a month. Ooh, that's He's long. getting too much publicity yeah. uh, for, you know, Trump's taste. And there's some, you know, rumors about maybe Trump will just fire him. Yeah. So June 12th. A friend of the president and CEO of Newsmax Media, Christopher Ruddy, told Jude Judy Woodruff of PBS NewsHour that Trump is considering firing Mueller, saying, quote, I think he's considering perhaps terminating the special counsel. I think he's weighing that option. <laughs> and I know terminating doesn't mean killing in these circumstances. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's not what they're saying, but it's still a poor choice of words, I think. It is. Let's, it's a little rough. Yes, exactly. We don't want to yeah, fire. Huh? let go right offer the opportunity to resign <laughs> much nicer ways of describing this trump tweets in response that allegations of obstruction of justice are part of a quote witch hunt witches shaking their heads mm-hmm. yeah all the witches all those you know wicca pagans out yeah, there really. just real upset i know the next day on june 13th aboard air force one sarah sanders deputy press secretary says the president has the right to fire Mueller if he so chooses but he won't saying while the president has the right to he has no intention to do so. <laughs> Again, got to make sure everyone knows he totally can do he it. He can though. do you it. Gotta, he just doesn't yes. think he will. Exactly. But he can in case. Yes. In case he wants to. And then next is some more Senate investigation news. Uh, um, yes. This is still on June 13th. The Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein tells the Senate Judiciary Committee that he alone has the authority to fire the special counsel and explains he has not seen any evidence of a reason to fire Mueller. No, that's right, Dasa. Don't disagree with me on air. <laughs> Jeff Sessions testifies in front of the Senate Intelligence Committee, saying, quote, The suggestion that I participated in any collusion, that I was aware of any collusion with the Russian government to hurt this country, which I have served served with honor for 35 years or to undermine the integrity of our democratic process is an appalling and detestable lie. According to factcheck.org, Sessions, who has acknowledged meeting with the Russian ambassador on two occasions, says he does not recall meeting Kisilak a third time at Trump's foreign policy speech at the Mayflower Hotel in Washington, D.C. on April 27, 2016. I don't recall it, Sessions says. Certainly, I can assure you nothing improper. If I had a conversation with him, and it's conceivable that occurred, I just don't remember it. <laughs> wow. Way with words. I mean, so I mean, so he remembers oh, definitely. nothing improper happened, but luckily nothing happened at all. So we're good. Yeah. You know, it didn't happen, but if it did, and it could have happened, yeah, yeah. nothing improper happened. It may <laughs> have happened. Weird... It probably didn't happen. I don't know. It's very confusing. Like every possible yeah. scenario. <laughs> it's covered. <laughs> he wants to close off impropriety at every, <laughs> at every gate. 
Uh, let's see. Still on June 13th, Sessions declines to answer ever. any questions about his conversations with the president regarding Comey's firing or any other matter. Quote, consistent with longstanding Department of Justice practice, I cannot and will not violate my duty to protect confidential communications with the president. Wow. I like here Sessions is like, not only won't I, but I can't. Yeah. He's not he's not doing right. that stuff like, oh, I can, but I won't. It will be improper. He can't even do mm-hmm. it. So what is Mueller up to anyway, huh? Yeah, what is Mueller? It seems like he's just kind of just hanging doing? out in the background. Everyone's talking about him. But let's see, <laughs> so what is quiet. he doing? Yeah, too quiet. Too quiet, if you ask me. You know what's true about all quiet people? They're all lying. Yeah, if they're all trying to bring you down on indictments, too. Yeah, bring you down. So the next day on June 14th, the Washington Post reports that special counsel heading the Russia investigation, Robert Mueller, Robert Swan Mueller, by the way, the third, Mm -hmm. has expanded his inquiry to include, quote, an examination of whether President Trump attempted to obstruct justice. The Post writes, five people briefed on the interview requests, speaking on the condition of anonymity because they were not authorized to discuss the matter publicly, said that Daniel Coates, the current director of national intelligence, Mike Rogers, head of the National Security Agency, and Rogers' recently departed deputy, Richard Ledgett, agreed to be interviewed by Mueller's investigators as early as this week. The investigation has been cloaked in secrecy, and it is unclear how many others have been questioned by the FBI. You know, maybe cloak isn't the best word since we're talking about witches and witch hunts, you know? Oh, (laughs) (laughs) cloaked in their giant pointy hats. And each was given an FBI, FBI spell. Um, official broomstick um, <laughs> to go to be interviewed. Exactly. Standard. <laughs> FBI standard broomsticks. Near this time, the Washington Post and the New York Times reports that Trump ordered that Mueller be fired, but relented after Don McGahn, White House counsel, threatened to quit. So what's the ma- what's the enemy of the people doing? Yeah. You know, while all this stuff is going on, what is the mainstream media saying? So we already talked about the Washington Post and the New York Times. We're going to start with a tweet, uh, June 15th, Trump tweets, they made up a phony collusion with the Russian story, found zero proof, zero is capitalized. So now they go for obstruction of justice on this phony story. Justice. Nice. (laughs) Justice capitalized too. Um, Yeah. And I I do like the addition of nice there, like really caps it off a good tweet. Yeah. I wish it was in all caps. I know. That would have really caps it off. I love, I just love the capitalization. Zero. Yeah. It's great. And justice. And, you know, at least he has enough respect for justice yeah, to capitalize that's right. it. I like that. I do too. So also on June 15th, Washington Post reports that Mueller is conducting an investigation into the finances and business dealings of Kushner. Oh, 666 Park Avenue. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Just because he's Jewish doesn't mean he's satanic. We're not going to go that way here. Yeah, that's true. Good point. Also, the Washington Post states that the federal prosecutors and the FBI have been examining the financial dealings of other Trump associates. This includes Manafort, Page, and Flynn. Kushner's attorney, Jamie Gorlick, says in an email to the Post that it would be standard practice for the special counsel to examine financial records to look for anything related to Russia. And just to be clear, that's standard practice when investigating Kushner. (laughs) And probably some of the other people on that list, too. I don't know. I was just thinking about how, like, I don't know why it came to my head, but I was just thinking about how, like, how annoying it's got to be for Christmas to get all your lawyers' gift, like, all the gifts and stuff that to be exchanged. Like, I'm just like, the logistics of having so many lawyers. Oh, yeah, there's, there's too many. So, lawyers and, representing I mean, the, other their lawyers. Their lawyers have lawyers. Yeah, yeah, it's really confusing. Every lawyer needs a lawyer. Yeah, I wonder a, if it's, like, eventually, like, a circle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, it's just a circle of lawyers. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Or there's like a fundamental right. lawyer. There's right. one, the, right, that starts one person who's the it. lawyer for everybody. <laughs> He's like, just represents himself at the end. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Self-referential. I like that. These are all the different <laughs> options we have. The circle of law. <laughs> Uh, near this date, so near June 15th, CNN reports intelligence chiefs told senators that the president asked them to deny any Russian collusion. And the New York Times reports that the Trump transition team orders former staff to keep all documents related to Ukraine or Russia. But what about Pence? Yeah, what? <laughs> I was wondering about Pence just suddenly right there. Yeah, Pence has been like really kind of out of it yeah. so far. This actually, you know, he comes up, though, on June 15th, same day, uh, Vice President Pence hires lawyer Richard Cullen, a partner at McGuire Woods and former U.S. attorney for the Eastern District of Virginia under President George H.W. Bush to serve as his personal lawyer regarding all things regarding the Russia investigation. All right. He's also lawyering up. Cool. Good, good for him. I mean, everybody gets a lawyer. Merry Christmas. Everyone, everyone deserves a lawyer. <laughs> <Jim>. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And then we have a few other kind of odds and ends to finish out June. On June 16th, um, on Twitter, Trump says, I am being investigated for firing the FBI director by the man who told me to fire the FBI director, <laughs> witch hunt. Ay, ay, ay. And on the same day, Michael Cohen, Trump's personal attorney, hires his own attorney yes! to represent him in the Russia investigation. It, it's lawyers all the way down, really. All the yeah. way down. All the way down. I don't. <laughs> I'm glad we have so many of them. Yeah. We, we need a surplus of lawyers. That's true. You know, I was just thinking with Christmas, it's even worse for Kushner because he's Jewish. And so with Hanukkah, oh, you've got geez, like right. eight days. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Too much. Too, too much. Many. Two days. On June 18th, Trump's lawyer Jay Sekulow says on CBS's Face the Nation that the president is not under investigation, saying, quote, the fact of the matter is the president has not been and is not under investigation. Trump once again, for good measure, tweets that the investigation is a witch hunt. You gotta do that. And that's gonna be a theme. Yeah. It's a witch hunt. Deal with it. The next day on June 19th, Konstantin Kilmanek, I've been waiting for a yes. Russian name to pop up this whole time. Okay. He double K, a God, Manafort I hope associate. His middle name isn't Keith. Oh, oh, oh man. Oh, yeah. Let's <laughs> let's hope for his sake and America's <laughs> that that is not the case. So this Manafort associate, um, who may or may not have middle name Keith, tells the Washington <laughs> Post that he has no relation to Russian intelligence, while others have insisted he quote was end quote contacted. <laughs> Next day again, June 20th, Sam Spicer states that he does not know if Trump believes the Russians attempted to meddle in the 2016 election. Hmm. Maybe he should ask. Yeah. The next day, the 21st, Jared Kushner submits a third security clearance form, which amended it to include the June 2016th meeting. So many forms. So many forms. And I just feel like he's doing it one meeting at a time and just adding yeah. like tacking on one little extra <laughs> bit every time he resubmits. Like, can you just tell us about all the stuff right up front? <laughs> This is a lot of paperwork we got to keep yeah, filling out. All the boxes, please. Yeah. The next day, the 22nd, Trump tweets, With all the recently reported electronic surveillance, intercepts, unmasking, and illegal leaking of information, I have no idea whether there are tapes or recordings of my conversations with James Comey, but I did not make and do not have any such recordings. In an interview on Fox News, Trump implies that he may not want Mueller 
in the job. Gee, you think? Yeah, I think. I, I have a, I have a sense that- I always, yeah. He's, Once you start saying witch hunt, you may Yeah, be, I don't think he's really he into the whole thing, to be perfectly <laughs> honest, which is, you know, it's it's sad. You know, I think Mueller's doing a good job. Yeah, me too. On the 23rd, Trump acknowledges Russian meddling in a tweet and blames Obama for doing nothing to stop it. She's <laughs> called Obama. I think I oh. did. <laughs> Oh man! Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, we're we're now talk radio. Oh, Dama. That's not even a good one. I remember. So <laughs> no, it's horrible. I've never heard of that. Though. So on the 25th, Kislyak, the Russian ambassador, is recalled back to Moscow. Not doing the best Aww. job. Not that keeping sucks. a low profile. Yep. And then on June 27th, Manafort registers retroactively as a foreign agent for his previous work in the <laughs> Ukraine. This is the second time this has happened in the Trump campaign, and once again, <laughs> kind of, I just don't think it works. I don't yep. think you're allowed to do that. <laughs> okay, so time for our patriotic month of July. Oh, feels so patriotic. July 4th, some, no, no one cares about that, so July 7th. Yeah, we're we'll just skipping there. over the 4th, we're just, <laughs> it's so patriotic, we don't even need That's to right. celebrate the day. That's exactly right. Plus, three days later, um, according to factcheck.org, Trump talks twice with Putin at the G20 summit. The first is a regularly scheduled meeting that lasted more than two hours. Secretary of State Rex Tillerson attended that meeting and discusses it with the media after it ends. He sounds way cooler when you say it that way. Rex Tillerson. Yeah, I know. I didn't mean to. But I Private just, investigator. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> The second conversation occurs at a dinner for G20 leaders and their spouses, their mommies, or mothers. I'm sorry. That would be. <laughs> <They're> <laughs> <mommies. laughs> That's not what Mike Pence calls his wife. Not mommy. He's not. The class would be ridiculous. It's mother. All right. Uh, so the White House would not disclose or confirm that second conversation until July 18th. Sounds about right. Yeah. Ian Brimmer, president and founder of the Eurasia Group, revealed the previously undisclosed conversation in a newsletter to clients of his New York-based risk management company. So Brimmer said Trump went to Putin's table at some point during the dinner and the two men spoke for, quote, roughly an hour. They spoke roughly. Yeah, r- yeah, roughly for an hour, I believe is <laughs> I believe is what that should say. Yes. So White House Press Secretary Sean Spicer confirmed that Trump initiated the conversation, but he said it was brief and nothing more than pleasantries, quote, pleasantries and small talk were exchanged. So there is no record of the conversation, which was facilitated only by a Russian interpreter. Well, that guy knows. Let's get him. Yeah, let's subpoena him. Let's get he's got to get a lawyer. He's got to submit hundreds of pages (laughs) of documents. Yeah, we need to get this done. Let's do it. So. July 8th, the New York Times breaks a story of Donald Trump Jr., which is the president's son, if you didn't know, arranging a Oh, that's a who that June is this whole time? <laughs> oh, man, I had no idea. I know. So, he was arranging a June 9th, 2016 meeting with that Russian lawyer <laughs> named Natalia V. Veselnitskaya. Yeah, yeah. At Trump Tower. So, Donald Trump Jr. states that it was a, quote, short introductory meeting and, quote, we primarily discussed a program about adoption of Russian children that was active and popular with American families years ago and was since ended by the Russian government, but it was not a campaign issue at the time and there was no follow-up. No He did come back with several children that he adopted. Just kidding. (laughs) The next day, (laughs) the next day, Donald Trump Jr. says, quote, the woman stated that she had information that individuals connected with Russia were funding the Democratic National Committee. Son of a bitch. (laughs) And supporting Mrs. Clinton. 
her <sighs> statements were vague, ambiguous, and made no sense. <laughs> <laughs> I think that last one kind of negates yeah, the previous two that. problems. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's Trump's son. Let's keep that in mind. All right. So no details or supporting information was provided or even offered. It quickly became clear that she had no meaningful information. <laughs> oh, man. That's good. Yeah. I don't know. So the New York Times writes, he said that lawyer. Veselnitskaya. Uh, yeah. Then turned the conversation to adoption of Russian children and the uh, Magnastinky. Nope. That's Ma- not it. Magnastinky. Magnus- I don't Magnus- think Stinky. it's. Magnastinky <laughs> Act. I believe it's Magnitsky. So, yeah. Magnitsky Act. An American law that backlists suspected Russian human rights abusers. So the 2012 law so enraged President Vladimir V. Putin of Russia that he halted American adoptions of Russian children. Ah, brutal. It is pretty brutal. Donald Trump Jr. said, quote, It became clear to me that this was the true agenda all along and that the claims of potentially helpful information were a pretext for the meeting. So, I, I don't know. The one thing that seems clear to me on first look at Donald Trump Jr. is that he, the man definitely cares about children and adoption. Yeah, I mean, I, that seems first. to be his number yeah. one goal here. Yeah, he talks about it all the time, too. Yeah, he wrote that song. So, just listen Save to the him, Russian people. children. July 11th. Donald Trump Jr. tweets pictures of the mail exchanges saying, here we go. Let me try and get it this time. <laughs> Veselnitskaya. No, close. But I, I think I mangled it at the end there. But Veselnitskaya. Veselnitskaya. There we go. You got to practice. I will. This is going to be everyone's last name in a few years, so we really <laughs> need to get this right now. Um, okay, so he tweets pictures of the email exchanges saying that V, capital V, was not a government official, and that the information they suggested they had about Hillary Clinton, I thought was political opposition research. So, New York Times reports that Trump signed off on his son's statement about meeting with the Russian lawyer. So, July 12th, next day. Trump's attorney states that the president is not involved in drafting his son's statement regarding Russian meeting. Yeah, at least he did something right. He did something on his own. (laughs) Exactly. So, at a joint press conference with France's President Emmanuel Macron, Trump states that the Trump Tower meeting between Veselnitskaya and his top campaign aides is, quote, very standard in politics, end quote. Uh, since Trump has so much experience in politics at this point. I don't know if you've oh, noticed yeah, that. Oh, yeah, and he does. so much experience once again <laughs> co-opting joint press conferences with world leaders yes. about his uh, domestic issues. I I love yeah. it. He's keeping, he's keeping this going, and I like it. Yep. So Trump says, quote, I think from a practical standpoint, most people would have taken that meeting. It's called opposition research or even research into your opponent. That's very standard in politics. Politics is not the nicest business in the world, but it's very standard where they have information and you take that information. Standard. (laughs) And if you don't like your standard political information, you can get a full refund as long as within the 14 business days and you do have a receipt. I don't know if you you do that, but you have to have that receipt. You do. Yep. Just the Russian government, they're sticklers when it comes to that receipt. That's right. And 15 days, they're not doing it for you. (laughs) I also like the uh, distinction between opposition research and research into your opponent. Very yes, different things. Totally different things. I'm glad Trump cleared that out for us. You know, otherwise, <laughs> I I would have made that mistake. I would have confused those two <laughs> things. Thought they were the same. 
So July 19th, the Senate Judiciary Committee asked that Donald Trump Jr. turn over all documents, quote, relating to any attempts or actions taken by the Trump organization or Trump campaign to coordinate, encourage, gain, release, or otherwise use information related to Russia's influence campaign aimed at the U.S. 2016 presidential election. So in a letter by the committee, it asks in particular for any documents related to the June 2016 meeting with uh, Veselnitskaya, as well as any and all communications he had with a long list of specific Trump campaign officials and Russian businesses and or individuals. I love the uh, list of verbs, coordinate, encourage, gain, (laughs) release, encourage, manipulate, defenestrate, coordinate, complicate. They got to get all those verbs in there. Pretty much covers the entire gambit of verbs. So, to the New York Times, Trump criticizes Jeff Sessions for recusing himself from the Russian investigation. Almost as bad as reversing a recusal. Yeah, you don't want to reverse criticizing someone for not reversing a recusal. Yeah, you don't want to go back on your recusal. Never. No, you can't do it. Yeah, it's possible. So, the New York Times reports that Manafort owed millions to pro-Russia interests. A spokesman for Manafort says those debts are not those debts are not current. I so, don't think that okay. was the point with the, yeah. why that's a problem. <laughs> yeah. Look, he owed not current, we're fine. That was years ago. Years ago that he owed those pro-Russian <laughs> interests. Kind of missing the point, Manny. I'm sorry, but that's just the way it is. Yep. So now July twentieth. Mueller is expanding again. So here we go. Mueller expands his investigation into the business dealings of Trump. Sessions says he will serve the president as long as it's appropriate. <laughs> I do declare it may no longer be appropriate to serve you. So I think, <laughs> I think it's just odd. He's got the most proper phrasing, though. This is very nice. I like yeah, and I'm glad we're all really, we all really care about appropriateness here. I'm glad. Yeah. That's We're all one acting thing I think appropriately about. Yeah. in the Trump administration. <laughs> so July 21st, Anthony Scaramucci, a.k.a. The Mooch, <laughs> is announced as the new White House communications director. Of course he is. You know, I mean, that's just why <laughs> yeah. would he even, you know. <laughs> and, his, and he's still, I'm, I'm sure that he's still, he's still in that position today. It's going to be a long <laughs> tenure as, that's right. as White House yep. communications director. Yeah. So here's some more Senate investigations. Oh, boy. So July 24th is when Trump's son-in-law and White House advisor, Jared Kushner, oh, I'm sorry, and Middle Peace uh, broker, and uh, what's this? Uh, I don't know. There's like 30,000 things he's in charge he's, of. Yeah. Um, um, <laughs> he's in the Middle East, which shouldn't, I feel that shouldn't, that should be its own thing. That's yeah. been hard for a long time. <laughs> I think we could specialize. Um, he's also best friend to uh, Bin Salman. Um, right. The truly, as we've discovered, the truly dedicated to reform built Bin Salman. I think we, you know, we can't pretend otherwise. That's right. I refuse to call him MBS. Everybody calls him that. And I just think <laughs> when you have a guy murdered and dismembered in your embassy, right. let's cut it out. Don't with forget. The cute nicknames. Bro- yeah. Don't forget burn in acid. Oh, he burned him in acid. I, I didn't so. know yeah, that detail. Cool. Yeah. That was oh. one of the, the other day i read something about they think they burned him in acid straight up oh. like straight up breaking bad style so oh, good times man. <laughs> it seems i mean why would you dismember him then i know Just i don't know the, the barrels were specifically fit for i don't know too much red tape yeah in the, uh, so yeah. saudi arabian journalist assassination <laughs> program that's the real that's the real yeah exactly scandal there too much bureaucracy 
So Jared Kushner meets for two hours with the Senate Intelligence Committee investigators releases and releases a statement saying, quote, I did not collude. I don't know how he speaks. I was going to try and imitate his <laughs> voice, but no one has ever heard him speak. So I did not. <laughs> I, did, I did not collude, nor. <laughs> I don't know. You're giving him a, uh, I, uh, a bit of a. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I did not collude. I did not. I did not. I did not collude. I did not. Oh, hi, Mar. Yeah. What's that guy's name? Oh, God. What is his name? Tommy Wiseau, I believe. Tommy Wiseau, yes. Yeah. Yes. My first thought was uh, Tony Iommi, but that's the guitarist <laughs> for Black Sabbath. That's a very different outfit. Totally different. Yeah. So, okay. Let me let me just say it in my own voice. Quote, I did not collude nor know of anyone else in the campaign who colluded with any foreign government, end quote. So in this statement, Kushner says that he can recall only two meetings with Russian government representatives during the campaign and only two meetings during the transition. So in this statement, it also says that Kushner spoke briefly to the Russian ambassador, Kizliak, and at, or at the Mayflower Hotel in Washington, D.C. in April of 2016 prior to the speech by Trump on foreign affairs. So it also states that Kushner met with Kislyak for only 20 to 30 minutes at Trump Tower on December 1st, 2016. And he also says he met with Sergei Gorkov in New York on December 13th, 2016 for only about 20 to 25 minutes. You know, pretty much standard time, I guess, for meeting. Yeah, that's, yeah, 20 to 30 minutes. That's as long as a collusion meeting can go is 20 yeah, to 30 minutes. I think minutes. so. You Once can't... you get into like the 35, 40 minute range, it's like, no, come on. Yeah, no, then you're talking, that's when you're talking about adoption. Yeah. I think that's when it switches <laughs> over to different, into different topics. <laughs> so he was, okay, on the 13th of December, 2016, he met for obviously only 20, 25 minutes, 20, 25 minutes, and he attended a meeting that was arranged by Donald Trump Jr. with uh, the Natalie, uh, what's her name? Natalia Veselnikskaya, uh, right? Russian Good attorney. Job. Thank you. A Russian attorney at Trump Tower on June 9th. A lot of meetings. Don't go past 30 minutes when you collude. Done. And you're colluding meetings. So July 25th, Manafort meets with Senate Intelligence Committee staff who ask him about the June 2016 Trump Tower meeting. The same day, the Senate Judiciary Committee subpoenas Manafort for broad questioning. Broad questioning. <laughs> so, uh, I hope you know, what do you like to do on the weekends? I hope he didn't think that was questions about all the broads he's been with. <laughs> oh, I could totally went that way, yeah. So, Kushner meets privately with House Intelligence Committee. Ooh, privately. Oh, yes. And also on July 25th, Trump tells the Wall Street Journal that he's, quote, just looking at firing (laughs) Jeff Sessions. Just looking at it. You know, that would be fine. It's not like there's any important, you know, <laughs> Department of Justice stuff going to happen tomorrow. Right, exactly. Um, oh, <laughs> oh, yeah, tomorrow. Yeah. Yep, here we go. July 26th. go ahead with that. <laughs> so on this day, the home of Trump's foreign campaign chairman, Paul Manafort, uh, his house is raided by the FBI. Ooh, that's a big deal. It's a big deal, yeah. And all they found were endless reptile skin clothes. That's all they found. And they found all these ostriches in his apartment. Yeah. I believe he was actually making the ostrich skin suits <laughs> right there on the premises, which that's a crime. I'm pretty sure. That is. Yeah. Very cool. You can't import those birds for no. that purpose. That's. <laughs> so July 27th, Trump foreign policy advisor during the campaign who lovingly we, who we lovingly call Big Papa, a.k.a. 
Papadopoulos, is arrested at Dulles International Airport on charges that he lied to FBI agents. Wah, wah. Oh. Not to be Luminowski. Yeah, that one guy that was like, wah, wah. Yeah, but you have to do it. If, in order to do it as Lewandowski would do it, you have to do it upon hearing about um, developmentally disabled children being separated from their parents at the border. Right, right. I think good. so. Doing it now is fine. It's not a Lewandowski. Right. Good point. It's only a Lewandowski when it is grossly immoral and inappropriate. <laughs> grossly cruel. Um, so according to the court document, Papadopoulos met with government investigators, quote, on numerous occasions to provide information and answer questions. And he only did one of those things. He did not. <laughs> I would not describe what he did as providing information. Right. Exactly. So, also on the 27th, investigator Bill Browder tells senators that uh, Veselnik Scout... Oh, man. When with that you one, doing, I you ruined had a good it. Run. You had a good run Why is that. it so hard for me? This that's on the couch. We gotta get, create another song for this one. Vesselnitskaya, <laughs> you're gonna go higher. As long as you think the Crimea belongs to <laughs> Russia, Vesselnitskaya, gonna adopt some Russian children as long as the sanctions go away. That's it. That's all I got. So the U.S. Senate sends new Russian sanctions to Trump's desk in the Oval Office. Wonderful. (sighs) He's going to very happily sign those. (laughs) So happy about that. So July 28th, Russia expels U.S. diplomats in reaction to the sanction bill. Man, he didn't even sign it yet. Give him some time. I know. July 30th, according to PBS over this weekend, quote, incoming White House Chief of Staff John Kelly reportedly tells Sessions his job is safe. Oh, good. Good job, John. So that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if anyone else's job isn't safe, though. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder. July 31st, Scaramucci is fired as the White House Communications oh, Director. He did not communicate <laughs> Literally effectively. Literally 10 days. Nice 10-day run. Yep. <laughs> That's it. Ten days. Wow. I That's my amazing. first job that I hated. I worked at the at a ninety nine cent store Oof. when I was fifteen, and yeah. I hated it. And I lasted three weeks. I'm just saying. And I quit. <sighs> I wasn't even fired. I wonder if there's people that get like apply at the Dollar Tree and like you know I did work at ninety nine cent store and now it's time to move up. <laughs> yeah, and then they also have those like five dollar and below oh. stores. That's the next okay. level, and then eventually you're working at De Beers. <laughs> it's like retail. It's like a retail RPG. Like, that's, you know, there's different levels. Oh, geez. <laughs> so true. So, August 1st. Are you... Yeah, this is you. That's me. So, yeah. So, now we're on to August, and we're going to start August 1st. According to factcheck.org, quote, White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders confirms that the president was involved in drafting the statement that Donald Trump Jr. issued on July 8th about the meeting that he and other Trump campaign officials had with Russian representatives on June 9th, 2016. Uh, remember earlier how we talked about how he didn't do that, and he said he didn't do that. Well, you know, things happen. Anyway, that statement was misleading. It failed to mention that Donald Trump Jr. agreed to the meeting after being promised, quote, some official documents and information that would incriminate Hillary as, quote, part of Russia and its government support for Mr. Trump, according to emails that Donald Trump Jr. released on July 11th. Sanders says, quote, the president weighed in as any father would based on limited information that he had. He certainly didn't dictate, but like I said, he weighed in, offering suggestions like any father <laughs> would do. I just, he's the president. 
also. Yeah, but more, more and Donald far. Trump Jr. is ostensibly the head of this billion dollar company now. I just wish we could like elevate it above, you know, your son writing a letter apologizing for, you know, graffitiing something lewd and lascivious <laughs> on someone's front porch. I wish we could elevate. <laughs> we talk about the debasing the discourse, and I think this is definitely part of it. This contradiction earlier statement by Jay Sukalow, one of the president's attorneys, who said on Good Morning America on July 12th that the president wasn't involved. Uh, so basically, it's a wash then. We can move on to the next non-scandal? Oh yeah, this doesn't matter at all, and no one cares. Okay, August 2nd, President Trump signs a bill for new sanctions against Russia, uh, saying that the bill was, quote, flawed. And also on this day, Rosenstein, in a letter outlining the scope of the Russia investigation, states that Robert Mueller has the authority to investigate, quote, allegations that Paul Manafort committed a crime or crimes by colluding with Russian government officials with respect to Russia government's efforts to interfere with the 2016 election for president of the United States in violation of United States law. All right, so one thing about August, one thing about this whole investigation, it's document time. Yeah. The Senate. The House, they've got a problem. They need documents bad. <laughs> Addictions. Addictions. So also on August 2nd, the Trump campaign turns over 20,000 documents to the Senate Judiciary Committee. Not bad. Manafort turns over 400 pages of documents to the Senate Judiciary Committee. And then two days later, on August 4th, Donald Trump Jr. turns over 250 pages of documents to the Senate Judiciary Committee. And at this point, sadly, we may have to talk about the document hoarding addiction going on with the key members of the Senate Judiciary. Yeah, it's really disturbing. I want to know just what, how are they, I'm trying to think of how many documents I could possibly have about anything. Yeah. 20,000. I mean, I know, I, you know, I know the Trump campaign, I know it's a big deal, but 20,000 documents, like, I just imagine, like, <laughs> all right, here's a photocopy of our receipt to Arby's, yeah. for example. Just what do they have? I, don't even <laughs> I just want to know what these are. And the real question is, like, what about Hillary's emails? I'm joking. Oh, that's true. The, I, those are documents. <laughs> I just like to throw that in there randomly. I, I think this is probably why she was investigated so heavily. Yes. They're like, <laughs> They're documents. Like, we need all these documents. Give us more. And they knew, oh, man, so many emails. That's really that's really the source of that, I believe. August 5th, the next day on Russian TV. The Fox News of Russia. Oh, of course. Um, The Russian ambassador Kisilak insists that he and Flynn never talked about sanctions despite reports stating otherwise. Who are you going to believe? Yeah, I, I believe RT. I believe Kisilak. Believe, yeah. hashtag believe Kisilak. Yep. Uh, a few days later, August 10th, the president says he was surprised by the July FBI raid at Manafort's house and has always found Manafort to be a good man. He's fucking obsessed with seeing a reptile and coveting its skin, but hey, he's still a good man. You know? Still a good man, and don't forget the ostriches. <laughs> he's also... The man yeah, knows the fine skin. Yeah, it's not just reptiles. And there's never been a depiction of anyone in any media, especially uh, film, mm-hmm. in which uh, loving of nice, uh, well-moisturized skin was a downside. Yes. Uh, a few days later, August 14th. My brother's birthday yet again. Oh, that's right. Not a half birthday, but the regular <laughs> that's old birthday. That's right. The normal one. Well, this was his birthday gift on 2017. <laughs> Um, Trump's attorney, Michael Cohen, sends a letter to congressional investigators disputing the Steele dossier made public in January. So then on August 22nd, the Senate Judiciary Committee takes a break from collecting documents. 
Yeah, they've got to do. They've got to justify <laughs> this, and so they actually have to have a hearings. That's right. And on the twenty second, uh, they had a day long hearing with Fusion with the Fusion GPS founder. Huh. And then we're going to close off August a week later on August twenty eighth, big day. Um, on this day, the Washington Post and ABC News report that the former chief counsel for the Trump organization and attorney Michael Cohen provided congressional investigators with a statement that Trump signed a quote letter of intent during the 2016 campaign to pursue, quote, a proposal for Trump Tower Moscow. Cohen told Congress that Trump signed the letter of intent with IC Expert Investment Company, a Moscow-based developer, on October 28th, 2015. And just IC Expert Investment Company is the worst <laughs> name for a company I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, that sounds me. Yeah, I run, uh, I run Do Good Investments. <laughs> uh, that's my company. Um, yeah, that's terrible. He also explained to Congress that in January 2016, he emailed Dmitry Peskov, the press secretary for Russian President Vladimir Putin, in an attempt to gain the approvals that were necessary for this project, saying, quote, those permissions were never provided. I decided to abandon the proposal less than two weeks later for business reasons and do not recall any response to my email, nor any other contacts by me with Mr. Peskov or other Russian government officials about the proposal. Fair enough. In a separate statement written to ABC News, Michael Cohen states that, quote, the Trump Moscow proposal was simply one of many development opportunities that the Trump organization considered and ultimately rejected. Kind of like the proposal of making America great again. Oh, Ooh. they're still they're going to do it. I know. They're still going to do it. Give them time. He's got two more That's years. True. It's well, more than two years. I, I mean, yeah. it's kind of like Obama taking away all the guns. <laughs> you know, he's not president anymore, but you know he's part of the deep state. Oh, you know he still yeah. has connections. Oh, yeah. There's still time. That's just that just goes with that being said. Yeah, this is he's just this is just his you know, his uh deception. <laughs> mm -hmm. You think, oh, I can relax a little bit now that Obama's not president. <laughs> I can buy the AK forty seven, you know, I can I can freely go to the gun range right. and whatever. But that's that's how he gets you. Gets you out in the open. So, we're moving into September. DTJR in trouble. Oh, ho, ho. Yeah. So, September 7th, behind closed doors, Donald Trump Jr. spends five hours answering the questions of the Senate Judiciary Committee investigators. That's a long time. Yeah, it's pretty, it's, it's, well, it's not 30 minutes or 20 minutes. Like, Yeah, so that's how you know it's legit. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, in prepared remarks, Trump Jr. states... I did not collude with any foreign government and do not know anyone who did. He also discusses his meeting with the Russian lawyer and favorite person that this podcaster loves to pronounce, Natalia Veselnikskaya, and five... Yeah, whew, I'm good at this. I'm just going to name my kid that. And five or six others at Trump Tower in New York on June 9th, 2016. So Trump Jr. says that he was, quote, skeptical, but... Nonetheless, intrigued by an email he received from a Russian acquaintance that claimed that the Russian government had, quote, official documents and information that would incriminate Hillary Clinton and her dealings with Russia. Dun, dun, dun. Mm. And you know, those key members of the Senate Judiciary Committee were drooling all over their their next, you know, for their next fix of documents. They, oh, yeah. People are sick, Ooh. seriously. So Trump Jr. says, quote, to the extent that they had information concerning the fitness, character, or qualifications of a presidential candidate, I believe that I should at least hear them out. Trump Jr. stated... Yeah, I, I mean, totally. <laughs> that's a son to do. Um, Trump Jr. stated that he beated, uh, that the meeting lasted 20 to 30 minutes, obviously, and Red produced... <laughs> and produced no significant information or collusion, obviously, about Clinton. 
I have no recollection, this is a quote here, I have no recollection of any documents being offered or left for us, he says. (laughs) (laughs) Or (laughs) left for us. (laughs) To which just like Veselnitskaya just like looked off, you know, off to the side and just like with her other hand, just, you know, just left some documents on a table. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we're still on September 7th. Let's bring Facebook into this bitch. Oh, so the New York Let's do it. <laughs> the New York Times details Russian fake accounts and bots on Facebook and Twitter. I can't believe you can make a fake account on either I know. of those services. It sounds like something out of a These are sci-fi novel. The hackers. Yeah. Uh, yeah I <laughs> so Facebook God, This is like year three thousand stuff. Yeah, Facebook admits it found fake accounts likely tied to Russia. Mm. So Likely and story. You could like that if you want. So September fifteenth, I'll give that Facebook. a the sad, <laughs> the sad emoji, the sad reaction. <laughs> September fifteenth, Facebook hands over information to Mueller on Russian ads. Like, okay, so I'm here we go. We got a break one. for Mul- Manafort. Oh, I almost said a break for Mueller. Never a break for Mueller. A break for Manafort comes on September 19th when CNN reports that federal investigators, quote, wiretapped former Trump campaign chairman Paul Manafort under secret court orders before and after the election, end quote, citing unnamed sources. So according to CNN, two warrants were obtained by the FBI to conduct surveillance of Manafort from the FISA court. CNN writes, quote, it is unclear when the new warrant started. (laughs) Anyway, back to Facebook. Uh, September 22nd, (laughs) Russia denies using Facebook to try to influence the 2016 U.S. presidential election. Good enough for me. Yeah, they denied it strongly. I think that we need to we need <laughs> oh, to be clear yep, about I, that. I, I it was a word. Strong strongly. denial. Yep. If they just denied it, you know they're full of shit, but it's a strong right. <laughs> denial, so you know it's true. So Trump tweets out, quote, the Russia hoax continues. Now it's ads on Facebook. What about the totally biased and dishonest media coverage in favor of crooked Hillary? So now this is where his capitalization betrays him because media is capitalized, ah, which good point. means yeah. that he has a great should deal it be of lowercase. Yeah. It should be lowercase. It should be even there should be a new version of lowercasing, like even ah. like double lowercasing for the yeah, media. At least change the font even lower if that's yeah, possible. Italicize yeah, it or something. This shows <laughs> deep in his heart he loves the media. Deep in his beautiful heart. So September 26, 2017, Roger Stone. We haven't heard him from Yeah, we haven't. I'm excited. Yeah. So old Roger Stone, aka Batman villain, testifies for three hours in a closed session of the House Intelligence Committee. In a written testimony to the committee, Stone flat out denies any collusion with the Russians, saying, quote, To be clear, I have never represented any Russian clients and have never been to Russia and never had any communications with any Russians or individuals fronting for Russians in connection with the 2016 presidential election. I don't know where Russia is on a map. I hate white Russians, but not as much as black Russians. I don't like the band Rush. Uh, I disavow all history books about mention Russia. Okay, I added all that last part, obviously. Yeah. I, I think be, he um, played his he cards a little. He did not say that Ooh. at all. <laughs> yeah, I can believe it, it if he did say yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I, I under, I understand not liking the band Rush though. I mean, if yes. he had said that, I would have. I can't wait. Oh, that shit. greatest drummer of all time. 
well, one that's false. I, I get Rush amnesia, <laughs> where I yeah. think, you know, I'm going to listen to Rush. I'm like, this just isn't very good. White Russians are kind of gross, too. But anyway. Um, I drank a few back in my drinking days. Um, yeah. yeah. They were okay. Yeah. Seems weird mixing, like, milk and alcohol. Yeah, it does seem very, <laughs> I was very uh, skeptical. I was skeptical, yeah. but intrigued <laughs> to use a DT Jr. aphorism. Skeptical but intrigued. That should be the name of his autobiography. So in this meeting, Stone refuses to name who worked with him and Assange. That's Julian Assange or WikiLeaks? Yeah, of course. I mean, that's the key to to being able to clearly claim that you've never worked with the Russians. You just don't mention that that's who you're working with. Right. <laughs> and <laughs> then so it's perfect. very simple. So after this hearing, Adam West Batman, arch nemesis the Penguin... Sorry, Roger Stone tells reporters that Manafort, who was once Stone's partner in a political consulting firm, expects to be indicted, saying, quote, I believe his attorneys inform my attorneys <laughs> that they didn't seem to know when nor what the charge may be. Oh, man. And then I believe he ended that um, that discussion with. Wah, wah. <laughs> I think that was <laughs> I think that's how it ended. I'm gonna get that in there. I forget who played the penguin, but in the Adam oh, West version too. of Batman. But yeah, I don't know because it was it was it was Danny DeVito in the Tim Burton. Yeah, yeah, I believe. So October, we went to October. So October first, 2017, my sobriety Ooh. date actually. Nice. Um, five years. Um, there was also when the uh, Las Vegas shooting Ooh, happened. So correct. that was a uh, fun, fun combo. It's like, oh man, five years and oh yeah, great, wor- worst possible. Yep, good combo. I don't recommend it. So anyway, on October first, President Trump misses the October first deadline to impose new required sanctions on Russia. Oh, I'm to move here, move to see here, move on. Let's go. There we go. See, this is why I didn't get why Russia had to impinge on these sanctions so early. They could have just yeah. waited a little bit. They should have <laughs> trusted. They should have trusted yeah. Trump. Is all I'm saying. You know, they bought so many Facebook ads um, <laughs> for him. They could have at least given him a few days. I, that's all I'm saying. I, I think that's only fair. October second, the next day, according to factcheck.org. And that's not to be confused with alternativefactcheck.org. By the way, oh. Oh, and also that website doesn't oh, exist. Shit. I did look for it, though. I was like, I that could not, be a website. I just thought I made that up. Yeah, it doesn't exist. It should really, though. Anyway, so according to factcheck.org, quote, Facebook gives the Senate and House Intelligence Committees more than 3,000 ads linked to Russia that it says appeared on the social media site during the 2016 campaign. Um, and I hope that they gave them uh, these ads on individual documents so they could really just pump up their document <laughs> oh, numbers. Oh, yes. In a blog post, Elliot Schraj... Oh. President of Policy and Communications at the company says the ads reached an estimated 10 million people in the United States. A couple days later, on October 4th, the Republican chairman and ranking Democrat on the Senate Intelligence Committee hold a joint press conference to address the newest updates on the Russia investigation. The committee chairman, Senator Richard Burr, says, quote, the issue of collusion is still open, referring to possible collusion between the Trump campaign and Russia to influence the 2016 presidential election. He states that the committee has interviewed over 100 people and has 25 more interviews on the schedule for October. He also stated that the committee hopes to complete their investigation before the 2018 midterm elections next November. Which is, of course, right now. Right as now, you're listening yeah. To this, it's gonna you better be... be driving to go vote. Go vote! You better be. Um, as we record this, so we had to record this in two chunks, and it's going to be election day, for me at least, in approximately 23 minutes. Nice. So get ready, and when you hear this, it'll be early on election day, and I will be, after I 
stay up all night editing this. I'm going to be heading out to vote myself. That's what cool people do. They participate in their democracy. Yeah. So the next day, October 5th, Big Papadopoulos pleads guilty to lying to FBI agents. <laughs> oh, buddy. As well as having enough to feed the needy. So they were also several accounts of lacing lyrical douches, which, of course, is against federal law. It's you don't know. <laughs> there's a lot of laws. Just don't lyrical talk to douches them. are just you don't you don't mess with that. Really? Yeah, you don't. You, don't you really move past it. Lyrical douches, rhetorical enemas. You don't want to deal with any of that. <laughs> so about a week later, on October 13th, Reince Priebus, the president's former chief of staff, is interviewed by federal investigators. His attorney, William Burke, said in a statement, quote, Mr. Priebus was voluntarily interviewed by special counselor Mueller's team today. He was happy to answer all of their questions. Ah, uh, maybe a little too happy, if you know what I mean. Mm, yeah, I, I know what you mean. And yes, you are <laughs> correct. He was okay. too happy to do it. <laughs> On October 17th, a report came out that Russian trolling operation likely cost $2.3 million and reached 6 million people. Okay, so basically like the audience of this podcast, if you need a comparison. Oh, yeah. yeah. This is, <laughs> we're reaching 6 million people just every hour. Yeah, That's how many people listen. It's Our numbers are, are beautiful. They're bigly numbers <laughs> and they're smart, smart people. But we love the poorly educated. Yep. They're listening out there too, I imagine. <laughs> The next day, October 18th, Jeff Sessions testifies before the Senate Judiciary Committee again. Jeez. At this hearing, Senator Lindsey Graham asked Sessions, quote, Did you ever overhear a conversation between you and anybody on the Trump campaign who talked about meeting with Russians? Sessions indicates that he did not by saying, I have not seen anything that would indicate a collusion with Russians to impact the campaign. According to FatCheck.org, it was later disclosed that Russia was discussed at a March 31st, 2016 meeting chaired by Sessions of the campaign's National Security Advisory Committee. At that meeting, Papadopoulos said he had contacts in Russia and could er help arrange a meeting between Trump and Putin. Huh. Sessions would later say that he, quote, pushed back at the idea of such a meeting. Well, at least he's pushing. So on my mom's birthday... Oh, October 24th? Yeah. Man, we're getting everybody's birthdays in here. That's <laughs> lovely. So yes, on October 24th, NBC News reports that the Podesta Group and the group's co-founder, Tony Podesta, brother of Clinton's campaign chairman, John Podesta. Podesta's all the way down. a lot of Podesta's yep. in one sentence. Oh, everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> Up, down, left, right. As far as the eyes can see. Are, are subjects of the special counsel's investigation. John Podesta is not affiliated with the firm. Hmm. Citing unnamed sources, NBC News says federal investigators are interested in the Podesta Group's work from 2012 to 2014 for a public relations campaign organized by Manafort. Trump's former campaign chairman for a nonprofit called the European Center for a Modern Ukraine. Uh, modern uh, just means Russian. Yeah, I was like, that means Russian. Yeah. The nonprofit reportedly was backed by the, quote, pro-Russian and oligarch-funded Ukrainian political uh. party that was in control of Ukraine at the time, according to NBC News. A spokesman for the Podesta Group tells NBC News in a statement that the firm, quote, is cooperating fully with the special counsel's office and has taken every possible step to provide documentation that confirms timely compliance. Oh, okay. It's actually interesting. I was, I just finished a book about the end of the Soviet Union mm -hmm. and how far back the Crimea stuff really goes. Um, that's not a recent thing. It's actually interesting history. If our listeners are interested in that kind of thing, what I think the last empire was the name of the book I read. Very cool. good. And talked about that. That was a big kind of sticking point in. Is it is it like a newer book or is it dated? A it came out a few years ago, I think. Um, it's fairly oh, cool. recent. It covers the last six months of the USSR and all of the um, the different republics and their kind of negotiations and their relationship with um, Gorbachev and right. all that kind of stuff. And this is a big issue. Um, about the Crimea 
because the Crimea is, if I'm remembering correctly, mostly Russians, mm-hmm. mostly ethnic Russians. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there was an issue about in the new political reality, if Ukraine is just a totally independent country, you know, what does that mean for the ethnic Russians living in the Crimea? Right. Uh, so right. this isn't a new thing. Yeah. This has been going on for a while. And Manafort didn't solve it. So. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not surprised. So we're going to end. We got a big day on October 30th. We're going to end out October. On this day, Manafort um, and Rick Gates, Manafort's former business associate and a Trump campaign aide, are both indicted on money laundering and tax evasion charges related to their work for a pro-Russia political party in Ukraine. Yay. Congratulations. Now that, yeah, congratulations. <laughs> and that's a good place as ever for a womp womp. Uh, none of them are developmentally disabled, right. so it's perfectly fine. Between 2006 and 2015, Manafort controlled firms that did, quote, political consulting, lobbying, and public relations for the government of Ukraine, the Party of Regions, and its presidential candidate, Viktor Yanukovych, and then later for the opposition bloc, a successor to the Party of Regions, according to the indictment. Yanukovych, a close ally of Putin, was elected president of Ukraine in 2010, but fled the country in 2014 after a popular uprising. The opposition bloc formed after Yanukovych fled Ukraine. Still served longer than Scaramucci. (laughs) Just want to put that out there. Manafort allegedly laundered more than $18 million that he used to buy property, goods, and services, and ostrich skin suits, of course, in the United States without paying federal taxes. Gates transferred more than $3 million from the offshore accounts to other accounts he controlled, the indictment claims, or the indictment says. The indictment contains 12 counts, conspiracy against the United States, conspiracy to launder money, unregistered agents of a foreign principal, which (laughs) we know well. (laughs) Uh, false and misleading Foreign Agents Registration Act statements, false statements, and seven counts of failure to file reports of foreign bank and financial accounts, a Department of Justice press release says. Gates joined the Trump campaign at around the same time that Manafort became the campaign's convention manager in late March of 2016. He served as Manafort's deputy and remained with the campaign after Manafort left in August 2016. Separately, the Department of Justice announces that George Papadopoulos, a foreign policy advisor for the Trump campaign, pleaded guilty to lying to the FBI about his contacts with a professor who Papadopoulos understood to have substantial connections to Russian government officials. This is old news to us. We We know know all about what Big Papa's up to. Mifsud, I believe. Professor Mifsud. Papadopoulos, who became a campaign advisor in March 2016, learned from the professor in April 2016 that Russia possessed dirt on Hillary Clinton in the form of thousands of emails. And you just know the Senate and the House are just chopping at the bit to get those documents. (laughs) And this is all according to a statement from the Justice Department stipulating the facts of the case against Papadopoulos. However, Big Papa falsely told the FBI, oh, we just we have to we have to go over it again. (laughs) He falsely told the FBI multiple times that he learned that information about Clinton prior to joining the Trump campaign, according to the statement. It's I I know we don't want to revisit it, but it's the truth. We just we just have to admit this about Big Papa. He misled the FBI. It's it's truly a sad thing. Also, according to the statement, the professor also introduced Papadopoulos to two others, a female Russian national who Papadopoulos believed had connections to senior Russian government officials and an individual in Moscow who told defendant Papadopoulos that he had connections to the Russian Ministry of Foreign Affairs. Papadopoulos lied to the FBI about his contacts with the female Russian national and failed initially to disclose his contacts with the Russian MFA connection, the statement says. And again, those are capitalized, by the way, female Russian national and Russian MFA connection. That's their names. These are proper names. (laughs) First name, female, last name, national, middle name, Russian. 
And we got one more month until the, the yeah. big date that we're ending with. We got November. Oh, Brent, excited. take it away. The home stretch now, guys. So November, home sometime stretch. in November. We don't know the time. Moeller's team interviews Kushner. So they also interview White House counsel Don McGowan for the first time. He speaks with the team at least three times. I like that. It was like Don McGowan. Don McGowan. I like that. That little twist you put to his name. So November 2nd, Carter Page testifies behind closed doors before the House Intelligence Committee, which later releases a transcript. This is a pretty good turnaround between a meeting happening and releasing what that meeting was actually that's, about. Yeah, that's, that's rare. pretty impressive. <laughs> this point. Yeah, I'd expected that we would have got that right. information like yeah, today. Exactly. Just you know, now. the way things are going. <laughs> November 11th, Trump says Putin privately assured him he didn't meddle. Good enough for me. Privately, yep, privately. and strongly assured yep. him, of course. So the next, but okay, on the next day, on November 12th, Trump tells reporters he accepts U.S. intel over Putin's assurances, quote, saying, quote, I'm with our agencies, the Federal mm, Bureau good. of Witch Hunting, I think is what he, yeah. oh, yes, the FBWH, H, yeah. I forgot, that's what he renamed yep. it. See, that's what I would do if I was, if I was Trump, because I don't know what power he has to name these agencies, but I would just, yeah, just start- you know, he's got broad <laughs> jurisdiction over the FBI. They're part of the executive branch. Just go hog wild. Yeah, just I mean, rename he has the nicknames for like hunting. Rubio and all his political opponents. Like, why not just change the yeah. names of the FBI? You know, the slimy FBI or whatever. You could do that, too. Yeah, you were officially and called officially, officers. Yeah. Now you're yeah. officially called witch hunter generals. Just <laughs> go with it. So, November 14th, Sessions changes his account, claiming before the House Judiciary Committee that he did remember a 2016 Big Papa meeting (laughs) at the Trump Hotel, where the popster claimed he knew people who might be able to arrange a Trump-Putin meeting. Well, I'm glad, you know, it's better late than never when it comes to remembering meetings that you were at. Yep, exactly. So, November 16th, Senate Judiciary Committee says that Kushner didn't tell them about WikiLeaks emails and talks for a quote, backdoor channel with Russians. See, you know, I kind of, I don't fault Kushner here. I'm sure he would have told them this if he was able to arrange a backdoor channel with the <laughs> yes. Senate Judiciary Committee. I think that's <laughs> that's, a that's the only way he would have felt comfortable releasing that information. He doesn't understand how to deal with front door meetings. That's the key here. Yeah, yeah. he's just like, what is what, this? What I'm I supposed doing? to speak? Yeah. That's why we never see him speak. He's like, yeah, he thinks you don't speak at backdoor <laughs> meetings. Like, so that's... So November 21st, the New York Times obtains a letter from the president's attorney to Mueller's team about the possibility of him testifying. So here is some tasty tidbits. Yeah, I would really recommend uh, the New York Times does a really good breakdown of the of this letter. And there are yeah, there these are just some of the tastier tidbits, but there's definitely more. I would recommend uh, checking that out. So here's one. We'll start here. Quote, he could, if he wished, terminate the inquiry or even exercise his power to pardon if he so desires. Well, good for him. <laughs> and another one here, quote, astounding public relations about the corruption within the FBI and Department of Justice, which appear to have appears to have led to the alleged Russia collusion investigation. Astounding public revelations. <laughs> I wouldn't think the Federal Bureau of Witch Hunting would be yeah, corrupt. I, I think, I think they're stand-up guys and women. Here's another. The records and testimony we have pursuant to the president's directive already voluntarily provided to your office allow you to delve into the conversations and actions that occurred in a significant and exhaustive manner, including, but not limited to, the testimony of the president's interlocutors themselves 
In light of these voluntary offerings, your office clearly lacks the <laughs> the requisite need to personally interview the president. Jeez. Yeah, you've already got everything yeah. you need, <laughs> you cronies. I just love the passive aggressive. We have provided extensive right. conversations and actions. You need to get on the ball. So another one is far, far, two fars. So far, far from objective. <laughs> there are two fars. Justice. That is not that is not a typo. Far, far away. Far, sorry, far, far from obstructing justice, the only individual in the entire Flynn story that ensured swift justice was the president. Yeah, I mean. Swift justice. It's true. Say it two times, it's true. Another one here, quote, while Mr. Comey may be may, may or may not have misunderstood, misinterpreted, or misremembered the president's alleged comments. Jeez. I love this just because I, wow. you know. Because qu- hashtag that thing yeah. <laughs> gate. I feel that that thing. You know, Trump just wanted them to put that in there. Just like he he misunderstood <laughs> and misinterpreted what that was all about. Trump doesn't want to admit the passion that's deep inside. Exactly, and that he just cannot. He cannot deny <laughs> for long. And the last one here, quote, we remind you of these facts simply because even assuming arguendo that the president did order the termination of an investigation and the president, along with Mr. Comey in his testimony and in his actions, have made it clear that he did not. This could not constitute obstruction of justice. Okay, well, thank you. Can (laughs) not. Jeez. Wow. There actually is, in a saner time, there are interesting arguments which have been, my understanding is they've been rejected about the unitary executive, basically. I mean, the basic argument here, as I understand it, and I'm not a legal expert um, by any stretch of the imagination, um, is the idea that basically the president can do what he wants. Um, And so, like, the entirety of the executive is entrusted to him, and so... Like he like kind of by definition can't obstruct justice because he is he is the law. Right. Yeah. You know, when it comes to this kind of stuff. Um and so yeah, that's what they're uh, saying here. Isn't that there is great? A, there is a comment, I don't know the exact uh phrasing or whatever what he said where I think Havanaugh agrees with this. Do you remember seeing him saying that? I think this, so. I don't know. Yeah, this was part of the I mean Years this ago. was the big yeah. discussion about Kavanaugh kind of pre- uh, Dr. Blasey Ford um, and her allegations. Um, the big controversy about Kavanaugh was, I don't know if he would go this far, but about his deference to the executive and his belief in the power of the executive and whether or not you could, for example, subpoena a president. Mm-hmm. And his, as I understand it, at least his claim during the hearings, uh, the Supreme Court hearings uh, before the Senate, he claimed that a president can be investigated, um, but not until after they're through with their office. Oh, right, right, yeah. The way he, is, is the, the, the way he, at, at least the way he put it in the hearings. Mm-hmm. Um, he said that any investigation would have to be before, would have to be afterwards. Right. And that the only, the only kind of investigation that could happen during the presidency would be impeachment mm-hmm. hearings. Mm-hmm. But that was the big, I, would, I highly recommend the, the podcast Lawfare, also a really good blog mm-hmm. and a website in general. They put out abridged versions of the Kavanaugh hearings. Um, So the entire, because I mean, there's like 30 hours or something hearings, something. um, And they... They in a they kind of cut it down to a few hours. Okay. They get the I like beer um, in there, huh? and they keep that in there. That's yeah, good. and yeah, <laughs> and they highlight these discussions that That's we cool. had with various senators oh, about yeah. these kind of things. What's it called? So, what was the title? So it's Lawfare, Lawfare is the podcast. podcast. Okay, um, and it's also 
uh, I think like a blog and it's just a website where um, national security law people talk about things. Okay, so what? December 1st. December 1st is where we're going to end today. Michael Flynn, pre-former and now future past (laughs) NSA national security advisor. I can't keep track anymore. (laughs) Anyway, December 1st, 2017, he pleads guilty to lying to the FBI and indicates that he will cooperate with Mueller's investigation. Broken. 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 And with that ends part three of our episode of our series on the Russia investigation. that, That is correct. Yeah. Three of four. We have to stop which talking that, about yes, this. <laughs> but which is good timing if you think of it, because I was reading stuff saying uh, some articles. I think it was in the Hill or something. They were talking about how Moeller is saying, or their hint people around him are saying that it's he's probably going to finish up his investigations, but he's obviously waiting for after the midterms. So I don't know if That's... that means by the end of the year, but hopefully by the end of this podcast, <laughs> these podcast series that we have. Yeah, hopefully right now he's just released yeah. his report, <laughs> uh, and we you know we can... like on election oh. day. Like, oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure where we'll end. I mean, we'll probably we. I, I imagine we won't be able to cover all of. We won't be able to cover up till you know tomorrow, for right. example. But we'll get the main highlights out of the way. You know, obviously this is still something ongoing. Uh, maybe we'll when Mueller does release the report, which may, as these reports suggest, might be sooner than later. Uh, we might be able to do you know maybe a mini episode on that about, you know, just kind of cleaning up the rest of this. But yeah, but that is part three in the bag. So what did you learn, Brent? What was the thing that intrigued you most about this episode? Um, That's a good question because I'm trying to think back because of um, we kind of recorded this in two sessions, too. Um, Yeah, I know. I mean, as far as as far as today goes, the you know, the brief blink of an eye that is just the life of Scaramucci's time and in office is just (laughs) astounding and doing so much, you know, saying so many things. (laughs) I mean, this is so funny if it wasn't so horrifying, but it's very funny and horrifying at the exact same time, which is a very strange feeling. I think I said this when (laughs) Trump was initially elected that I wish, I wish he could be elected in an alternative universe and I could like like, watch it as like a reality TV show. This podcast, we could do some sort of Truman show type thing for him where he could just be the president and we can watch this all happen, but it's in another world. And meanwhile, we have whatever, something else happening here. (laughs) It looks a little bit more normal. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That would be great, but alas, it it cannot be. So, yeah. So what's, uh, what about you? What did you learn? I think I I actually, something we just talked about, I think that a letter that the Trump's lawyer sent to the Mueller investigation, I thought we didn't get to talk about, you know, as much of, you know, the whole thing uh, just we you know there's just too much going on but I really I recommend people check out that letter the New York Times I really they do a good breakdown um, and they do good like cross-referencing you know a lot of the legal issues behind this kind of stuff which I think is interesting it's just interesting in its own right and it would be a lot more interesting if somebody else was president um, just so they weren't so live issues Um, but I think yeah I think that was the most interesting thing that I came up with um, that I I came across uh, while doing the research for this episode yeah and tomorrow definitely excited about that that'll be good so tomorrow so actually for me literally uh, today it uh, (laughs) just hit midnight for me um, midnight 02 actually um, is election day go vote please go Um, vote it's just part of what it is to be a yeah. citizen. It's just your basic. It's all. It's literally all you have it's to very do. Very simple. Um, as a citizen, it's it. It takes a few minutes. Just go early. I'm. I plan on 
I always go, you know, if you don't have early voting, um, which doesn't which matter now at this point. The state of Nevada, I love. Uh, I do love I, the voting here. I That's what uh, I love because it's like, isn't it like two yeah, weeks? Yeah, you get two weeks. It's just you get everything in advance. It's really close to and me. It's like yeah. I walk to it. It's so close. Yeah, there's it's, no. There's no excuse. Yeah, yeah people I, that don't I vote about it. I just. just make me mad. But yeah. <clears throat> you know, if you can, you know, if you can you know, go as early as you can. I'm, I'm literally going to go polls open in Michigan at seven. I'm going to be there at seven. Uh, just, you know, that ensures that you can get in and out. No problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if you get, I mean, I think the key thing is if you get in line, you have to yeah. vote like they can't, yep. you just have to be in line in right. time and, you know, figure out who to vote for. Take a quick look at all at your sample ballot, which, you know, you should be able to just Google. If you Google sample ballot for wherever you are, it's easy enough to get, mm-hmm. Just take a quick glance. You can get my, you know, I there's I, I know there's so often so many um, candidates that maybe you didn't do as much research as you should have. Right. I mean, you know, I'm the same thing here. My my really simple test is I look at their websites. I look at how well their websites are designed, because <laughs> if they can't figure yeah. out how to get a team together to do right. that. Let's just say if um, you go to someone's website as a candidate and it looks like a crystal healer website, let's just just <laughs> right off the bat exactly. say, let's go to the other one. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's a good when you got 10 candidates for something, <laughs> that's a good way to, to root some of them out. You don't have to be an expert in JavaScript to be a um, state <laughs> Supreme Court judge, but you have to be able to figure out someone yes. to do that. Um, you know, that's all I would say. Um, and so with that, we're done with this episode. And just to remind everyone, you can reach us uh, via email at nondarecalledordinary at gmail.com. If you want to let us know what we got right, what we got wrong, what topics you'd like to hear us talk about in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, we're also on Instagram uh, at none dare call it ordinary as well. Um, we, you know, I haven't been the best with, you know, posting stuff, but I'm going to try to get a little bit better than that now that I no longer kill bugs for a living. We are also on Reddit at none dare call ordinary, which is normally just me answering questions about philosophy. But um, you can, you know, if you want, you can reach me there, see what I'm doing on there. We also do have, I almost hate to admit it, we do have a Twitter account. Yes. Um, at NDCIO. You know, I got on Twitter personally, um, you know, a few months ago. Uh, my, I, I literally have a thing on my phone to limit how much time I spend on it just because it's easy <laughs> yeah, to just get lost is, in all yeah. the news. It, it it is a really good way to get yeah, news. Really it's mostly what I news. do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I think the key for me is to just follow. I follow like fifty yeah, people. Same. I think. Like, yeah. Otherwise, it's just madness. Um, but we are there at NDCIO. Um, and what else? We also have a website, nondarecallitordinary dot com, um, which will provide links to you know wherever you could find us. And once again, so now today. Um, this episode, I'm hoping to get out by around 7 a.m. Hopefully, um, gonna, you know, power through, um, and we are going to be doing a bit of a kind of live stream. We're going to experiment with a live stream thing on YouTube. Um, you know, the YouTube, the name is none dare call it ordinary, as you can imagine. And that will be starting at the latest, I believe will be 10 p.m. Eastern time, Mm -hmm. uh, 7 p.m. Pacific time. And we'll just be. You know, just Brent and I will be talking about the election results. We'll be counting things in. We'll figure out whether to be elated or depressed. (laughs) And if you are the type of person who likes going to an election party but doesn't want to go outside the house, just come on over to us and, you know, chat with us and we'll talk about the results and see what's going on. Look forward to it. And And with that, look forward to it. Go vote. And with that, we are done. done.